I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hey, this is Sarah, welcoming you to 2021 and the 132nd episode of the Weave Podcast. We have a special episode for you today, a conversation between myself, LaShawn, and Maggie Putnam that will be a peek behind the scenes at Just Yarn and what we've been up to. Maggie Putnam Studio is a one-woman creative office that crafts refined brand systems for conscious, intentional brands. And for the last seven months, we have been working on redesigning our Just Yarn and Weave podcast brand identity and rebuilding our website to better reflect the company we've become and to better share our podcast episodes and to better serve our community. Maggie has led that process for us, working closely with our team to learn who we are as a company and translating those conversations into a redesigned brand identity that we are proud to have launched just last week. We learned so much working with Maggie, and we thought it would be interesting to share a glimpse of the design process with our listeners and customers. So with that, let's kick off the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. Can you start out by telling us about your background and where you're from? Sure. Um, So I'm a creative director. I grew up in the Boston area in Massachusetts. I was born in the city, grew up outside of it in suburban, kind of north of Boston. Um, My parents were, you know, one was artistic. The other was kind of science software oriented. I ended up probably somewhere with a bit of both. (laughs) Um, I attended art school at Third Island School of Design and have since lived in a few different places, working as a designer in small studios and more recently as my own small one-woman shop. Um, Now I live in Central Oregon. I'm really drawn to the mountains and the fresh air where I live. Um, The outdoors have always been kind of a, a refuge for me, um, and it definitely comes into my work. Oregon sounds beautiful, and I could definitely see how all of those factors are reflected in the things that you create. Um, You are a one-woman creative office that creates brand systems for conscious, intentional brands, which is how both myself, Sarah, and the team has gotten to know you. But I'm really curious what inspired or sparked your creative entrepreneurship journey. Sure. Um, So my creative journey um, started, you know, young. I grew up doing art as a kid. Um, I would just kind of take part in whatever, you know, my mom's very creative and whatever she was doing, if it was painting or macrame or, you know, recovering furniture, (laughs) I was kind of along for the ride. Um, I didn't see myself going toward design um, professionally as I was growing up, but um, I have to really give give credit to my mom who kind of saw that coming and (laughs) took me to um, a few art schools for college and that just really clicked. I just felt um, really at home in the creative environment. Um, So I ended up um, in Rhode Island and I think the process of design thinking and mapping concepts and connecting ideas, um, especially when meaning and ethics and values come in, is just so interesting to me. 
Um, I'm drawn to projects where there's something I don't know about, where I have to kind of dig in and understand what it's about in order to design for it. Um, so in terms of the journey I've been, you know, since I've gotten into design, I've focused it in very different areas from furniture design to typography to book design. You know, I've kind of had this sort of roundabout path. Um, but all of these share common traits where they are practical and require the designer to understand the, you know, the function in order to design for it. And that, to me, that's really fun. <laughs> so um, that's probably what led me into design is wanting to connect um, these ideas together visually and, you know, clarify and, you know, yeah. keep things more and more consistent and closer to a core concept. Um, so in terms of entrepreneurship, I struck out on my own in 2014. Um, you know, more kind of just reaching for something to do um, things my own way. I think I wanted to create the the studio I wanted to work for, if I'm being honest, um, which may have been naive <laughs> at first. I don't know. And, you know, definitely um, took financial um, risk and I think a position of, of privilege that I need to recognize that I was able to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, now it's driven by, uh, you know, I think the purpose to, to do better for our social systems and environment and designing creative thinking and advocating for better business practices is how I can make a contribution. It's just kind of my language. Yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. And I could definitely identify with wanting to create something that is the entity that you want to be a part of. And what types of services do you offer? Yeah, so I'm a um, creative director. I lead the process for brand strategy and design for other businesses, um, like just <laughs> I do creative strategy, identity design, um, working with clients to also execute on many aspects of their brand. So often that's logos, website design, signage, book design. Um, I often work alongside photographers, web developers, writers, printers, you know, various other professionals to see the projects through. But my work is the is the central concept and the core system that kind of links it all together. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. And I'm curious, Sarah, if you could talk about what sparked your desire to rebrand GIST and how that influenced your decision to work with Maggie. Like, what were some of the things that you saw that made you feel like this would be a great partnership? Yeah. So we, I started GIST Yarn in 2017, um, and it was just myself at the beginning, and I made our logo in Photoshop and my educational background is in forestry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, that that's how that came about. And uh, I built the website myself. And I think that the website and the brand identity that we had, it brought us to where we were, but it wasn't going to bring us to where we as a full team have grown and where we want to bring it. Um, so there were some technical things about the website that I knew we wanted to change. People really want to be able to choose the colors in their kits. 
and people want to have an easy way to search around and um, learn different things about weaving and, and learn different things about the patterns they're trying. So we anyways needed to make some technical changes to the website. And Emma Rhodes, who's just creative director, and I were talking um, late last spring about how if we were going to make these changes to our website, that it was also really the time to update our branding and, and bring it into the company that we've become um, and really the ways that we focus, which is that we're really focused on our community, our community of weavers and serving them. And we're really focused on bringing high quality yarns to life from mills that we work with. So we wanted a brand that would better showcase that. So we started looking around and we talked to some um, and we and and Emma and I decided we really wanted to work with someone external to our team and and to have someone else's vision really understand us and, and help us get there that we didn't think we could get there by ourselves. So um, we started interviewing some different kinds of places and different kinds of people and uh, Emma and I immediately clicked well with Maggie. Um, we felt that you really, Maggie, tried to understand our business and our values and our goals. Um, and we felt like we could take a leap of faith with you. And it's been even better than we ever expected. So we're so excited to be launching this new brand that you built with us and for us. And uh, that's why we want you on the podcast today to talk a little bit about that process. And Maggie, I'm really curious, what were some of the things that you learned about Just Yarn in your initial research of the brand? Yeah, and I just want to say, Sarah, thank you for saying that. I mean, that just brings so much meaning to my work. Um, the This kind of research in looking into your business and who you are is the most fun part, part of my work. Um, it always starts with a period of discovery and learning about what the core of the work we're doing is in the first place. Um, for whom are we clarifying this story? What is at the heart of it all and why? Um, with just, first of all, I discovered a group of five women who are so warm and absolutely lovely. <laughs> um, you two are um, two of them. I got to know um, Emma extremely well um, in our process, and that was just, you know, amazing. So that kind of personality is just so important to the visual interpretation of how the story gets told. Um, we worked around a set of core values that I personally really admire. I mean, they, we definitely kind of jived on this, but um, community, accessibility, beauty, but the kind of beauty that comes with um, personal discovery and learning and, and experimenting, um, a sense of curiosity and a sense of transparency. You know, things like that were at the, I discovered were at the core of um, what the storytelling was all about. And I also um, uncovered a sense of history and connection between weavers, farmers, dyers, um, textile artists, all creating a contemporary dialogue rooted in the past, but constantly learning and breaking new ground. Um, and this was just really inspiring Um place to start. I love it. This is what brings meaning to what I do. 
And can you give us a glimpse into how you turned that research and your findings about us and and your interactions with us, how you were able to translate those keywords into colors and shapes and all of the things that eventually led to our new brand identity? Yeah, sure. And there's so many ways. So maybe let's go into two of them. Um, so the first one I would say, let's use color as an example. Um, so if you start from some of our core values, let's take community and learning. Um, a sense of accessibility, of weaving um, financially, culturally, um, in a way that all people ac- can access. Um, so for this, this um, went into our color palette. Um, at GIST by using a warm and inviting palette. So a pale warm white was a, was the cornerstone of this, um, very similar to undyed cotton or wool with a system of warm tones working off of it. Um, but those same values of community and learning can also manifest in other ways like accessible digital content and choice of typefaces as well. Um, so that's the first example. Another one would be um, the, we introduced an icon or mark, um, that works alongside the main logo type. And it's a sort of concentric ring shape, which is purely an abstracted form. The shape of the icon doesn't reference any specific thing, but rather, um, many things abstractly. So related keywords in terms of values for this would be connection, process, growth, develop, um, depth, creativity, and sustainability. Um, so the resulting symbol nods at many of these aspects, but also of weaving, like from um, details like the piece of piece of yarn wrapping a selvage edge to macro visuals, like a top view of a wound cone. Um, there's also a sense of motion, which is kind of forward thinking, and progressive, even maybe like circular textiles and fashion, um, but also a basic circular motion, not unlike winding a bobbin or rotating the front or back beam or rolling out yards of fabric. Um, so we kind of included layers into this icon that come from um, these sort of iconic um, motions of weaving Um, But also it looked to history in a bit. Um, The form of the logo takes a lot of inspiration from, in terms of weight and simplicity from the 70s and 80s logos for textile and manufacturing. Um, So there's this kind of play on industrial quality with the human aspect. Um, the, The icon looks a little like maybe nested hands or an eye. So it's kind of just combining these layers, which to different people might um, mean different things. Mm. And did you have anything that you wanted to add to that, Sarah? Yeah, I was just going to say, as you were mentioning all of that, one of the things that I really learned in this process of working with you, Maggie, and and one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this on the podcast, because I think that a lot of people who are not directly in the world of visual design and, and brand design might not really realize how much depth goes into things or that can go into things if you're working with the right people on the right project. Um, and I uh, I really just learned so much in this process 
by learning um, from you how you learned about our brand and then and then translated that visually. I think I had this idea before we started. Like I had a hunch that our logo wasn't working for us. The colors on our website weren't right, and you know we we needed to sort of professionalize our our um, our presentation to to catch up with the ways that like as individuals we were presenting our brand to people, but not as a visual. Um, but I really could never have dreamed of how deeply you would go into the research and then and and kind of play with the historical context of weaving and textiles and then come up with with a brand that kind of speaks to that. And one of the things, Maggie, that you asked me early on was what is the biggest threat um, or, or risk to doing a redesign like this? And I hadn't thought about that <laughs> until you asked, but immediately what came to mind was that my fear was that um, we, we could go through a whole process and create a really slick, cool looking brand and that it would sort of obscure the the five women on our team the the small business that we are and and the personalities that we bring and one of the things i'm so excited about how you worked and the way you came up with this is i think that this both really does elevate the aesthetics of our website and our brand and and helps us bring our company to where we want to go but it still does feel really warm and inviting and i think it does represent our company which at its core is just the people who work there and the yarn that we make that we sell. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I mean, there is a perception, I think, or a fear maybe that design um, will kind of tighten things so much that it's hard to access uh, the humanity. And if done right, I mean, you have to kind of go back to why we're doing it in the first place. And it's really at its core, allowing weavers to find information. Um, and find beautiful yarn and learn about, you know, how to use a rigid heddle loom or, you know, whatever it is that is that um, intimidating first step um, or, or just find their way to a certain episode that they're looking for on the podcast. Um, and so to separate out those goals um, really helps kind of narrow in on where to put our energy. Yeah, totally. Another thing that LaShawn, you told me, um, last spring about this podcast is that you really hoped and had a vision for it, that it was going to be an archive and a searchable archive for people to use long into the future. And um, I th- I am curious, LaShawn, what you think of how the this new brand and the ways that we're presenting the podcast on the website can help people access this resource that you've been building. I mean, I think it's amazing. Maggie has done such a wonderful job of kind of translating all of the hopes and things that I've had and that Emma's had and that we've all kind of had with how we want to see the website look. And I'm just really excited for people to be able to listen to the podcast and then go to the website and see the images and then to click on Indigo and then see Indigo farmers from Korea, from New York, from the you know, South or to see cotton farmers from the South or from India or to see weavers from Scotland and Budapest. And, you know, like it's, it's just so amazing. And um, it's, it's been such a wonderful uh, opportunity to kind of further the weaving community that we've all created and worked towards and all, all, you know, benefit from and love and, and have. 
Yeah. It's neat to see. We're, we're excited, dear listeners of this podcast, to hear what you think and to hear if there are other ways that we can make our website more accessible and searchable and the way that we can make this podcast more shareable for you. So we are also always open to feedback as we continue to change and grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Maggie, do you have any new projects that you're working on? Um, so right now I'm, I'll be frank, I'm taking an intentional um, kind of slow down personally. Um, the past two, 12 months have been challenging for so many people. And like many, I've had to switch gears into a caregiver role. Um, I'm so lucky to have the flexibility. And so for the moment, I'm just very present with my um, parents who are aging in an entirely new way. So I'm taking on new projects soon, but after a bit of a pause this winter and spring to be present with loved ones. Um, that said, I always have projects kind of happening in the background. So right now this is refocusing the studio um, with a more specific energy into purpose-driven brands, socially, environmentally, globally, locally, um, really exactly what GIST is doing. That's where I'm, I'm focusing my energy in the next year or so. I just feel so strongly, especially now, um, with everything we've been through in the recent months and years that more than ever, we need to use our businesses, um, even tiny ones like mine to do better business. So hopefully a new website is in the works, um, under a different name. So maybe keep an eye out for that. Um, but that's what's going on for me. And where can people go on social media and the internet to follow your work or to seek out some of your services? So you can find my um, website at maggieputnam.com. Um, it's a little outdated in terms of my work, and I'm shifting to a, a new name, which will be um, Thayer Studio, so T-H-A-Y-E-R dot studio. Not live yet, but depending on when your listeners listen to this, maybe it will be soon. I hope so. Um, I'm on social media, but... I'm less and less present on that. So my handle is at M-P-U-T-N. Maybe you can include a link just to make sure people get the right letters for that. But um, I I have to admit it's not something that I'm updating very frequently. Um, I will see messages on it, but it might take some time. Awesome. And Sarah, do you have any announcements or upcoming projects that you'd like to share with our listeners? Hmm. Well, getting this website launched has been a big one, and we're super psyched about that. And the next big project is yours. LaShawn, do you want to share it? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Or I can share it, but it's your yeah, project. Well, yeah, I, I can share it. <laughs> I'm excited to be announcing our first open call. So our open call for pattern designers is for anyone who has weaving experience, who likes weaving with patterns, who's interested in sharing something with our audience can submit an application and hopefully get chosen. Um, The open call 
Each designer who is selected will receive $400 and they will also have rights to the pattern after a year that we have exclusive rights to them. So you will be able to share them with your community as well. Um, And just the opportunity to work with myself and also a few of our team members at GIST. Yeah, I'm really excited that this is coming up. It's something that LaShawn has been working on and planning since the fall. Um, and it's it's a new way for designer, weaving designers to um, interact with our audiences and get paid for their work and weave beautiful things with our yarn. So we're psyched about that. And that should be um, up in, within the next few weeks. So stay tuned to our email list and our podcast and you'll find out about that. And other things at Just Yarn, we have a brand new line of yarn called Beam. It's 3-2 organic cotton um, in, in 10 really vibrant colors. And so that yarn is getting out into the world. And we're really excited about that. And we have lots of other things up our sleeves. We've been able to grow in, grow this business and grow our yarn and our team because we have a really awesome community of customers. So we're thankful for all of you guys. Glad you're here. And also, I know I say this often, but I just, you know, want to again congratulate Sarah for just being such a pioneering entrepreneur and businesswoman. It's just been so wonderful watching you grow over the past few years and to know the projects that you have moving forward that you're working on and the ways that you're just continuing to improve and, and, and to keep making and, and pushing forward. Um, it's just, you know, been amazing to watch. So congratulations to this amazing new brand reveal. Oh, that's really sweet, LaShawn. I really, I feel very lucky at the people who have joined our team and and so lucky that we crossed paths with Maggie um, and that you've been able to work with us to build this new brand identity for our company for long into the future. Thanks, Sarah. I'm really just so excited for you and I have to echo what LaShawn said. Um, just in general has been an incredible partner for this. I just have um, such respect for the approach and perspective um, of your work, that what you're bringing to the world of weaving, um, in in caring where your fiber comes from, how it's dyed, um, the principles of how it's distributed, and for keeping space for important conversations um, that need to happen right now. Um, this is what I hope to bring to creative direction as well. It's just a different medium, but we have to ask all the same questions and I just really admire what you are doing. So congratulations on, um, your upcoming launch. Yes. Thank you both. (laughs) (laughs) It's been wonderful talking to both of you today and We have a question that we ask everyone that joins the podcast, and I'm going to direct this question to you, Maggie. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom to share with weavers and textile enthusiasts? Well, I'm about to learn to weave, so I haven't started that journey yet, Um, but I'm about to embark on it. But I have been a creative for a long time, so I'll speak to that experience, and maybe this probably this translates to weaving. Um, but I would say the notion of play. Um, I love structure. I'm kind of like 
bake by the book type of person who um, loves to follow um, a structural process. And I have to practice um, kind of using play like a muscle, even though it is um, creative thinking, how I'm wired, the permission to play creatively um, just gets better with practice. And I truly believe that this is where the magic happens. And that when it comes to art and design, you can tell when someone's having fun. So that would be my advice to kind of tune in and nurture um, that sense of play that's just so worth doing. Um, and then the other kind of not related to creativity is just to go outside right now because it's so mm -hmm. worth it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that bit of advice and insight and for the wonderful conversation and all the work you've done at GIST. It's been wonderful talking to you today. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, LaShawn. Thank you, LaShawn. That's a wrap. If you're interested in supporting or learning more about Maggie's work, you can find links on our newly designed website at www.justyarn.com slash episode 132. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I'm really excited for this year's content. We have a lot of really great, interesting episodes coming your way, and we will be posting every two weeks moving forward. So see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, happy weaving. Happy weaving.